Welcome aboard. This is your Captain Johnny. And first mate Jess, thank you for joining us on our chaotic journey through fan fiction. This podcast will contain adult situations and themes. I would strongly suggest using caution when listening in public. But what do I know? We do not own these stories or characters. They're just along for the ride upon the Ships of Chaos. Hey, thanks for joining us on Ships of Chaos. Welcome back to part two of chapter one, uh, which is called Nature's Song. Let us know if you're digging the story so far. You can find us on Facebook. We have our Facebook group, Ships of Chaos. We're on Instagram. Leave any reviews, rate, review, subscribe on all of your podcast listening devices. Tell us if we're doing anything wrong. Yeah. You think we can improve. Yeah, we're for constructive criticism, but don't be a dick about it, please. <laughs> we're human and we've admitted we're new at this. So constructive criticism. And let's jump into the summary of what happened in part one. La, 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 la. Okay, I wrote down a little summary for the chapter. Okay. After half. You want to hear what I have before we... Yes, let's get a summary of last week's episode. Yay! Okay. <laughs> the last time on Radio Tower, we got insight of how Styles has been living for the last 16 years. More so for the last two. But we kind of had insight what he's been doing for 16 years. We learned how he became separated from his dad and the utter destruction that happened to the city that they were in. I don't know if it was Beacon Hills. I don't remember if that was mentioned. Yes, it was Beacon Hills. He said it was Beacon Hills. Okay. We meet a mysterious and dangerous black wolf with red eyes, which is an alpha. Mm-hmm. And Styles gets attacked by a mountain lion. Ouch. That's, that's my summary. Good? So, Do you remember how their town got attacked? Well... Werewolves started taking over. They started rebelling against the humans. Their town was set up more like camp, I believe, and fire. There was a big fire that was burning everything down. Yeah. So when Styles came through, I think he gets knocked out. I know he's getting attacked, and his dad is trying to save him. I don't recall if Styles gets knocked out, but when he comes to, there's ashes and like burning everywhere, and he finds his dad's deputy badge sheriff's badge sheriff's badge john stalinsky was a sheriff and if you remember it wasn't werewolves that took down his tent city it was the bone men yeah it was the bone men men or man one or multiples i'm thinking it was probably multiples, multiples. but it doesn't it doesn't specify okay but yeah it wasn't werewolves that took down beacon hills it was these bone creatures that they know nothing about but werewolves started this post-apocalyptic Yeah. World. They're the ones that attacked 16 years ago, started rebelling. Yeah. And kind of led us to where we are now. And that would have been five years ago, as of when the story is taking place. Five years ago, Beacon Hills burned down and he was separated from his dad. Oh, no. Eight years ago is when the he was separated from his dad. Five years ago is when he saw the last human. Human, okay. And two years ago was when he saw the last sentient being. And he found his radio tower. And he found his radio tower. We learned that he had been going back and forth to the nearest city, gathering supplies, and poor Roscoe died on the way back. Roscoe, the blue jeep that he drives. <laughs> yes. That For is, those who don't know Team Wolf, yeah. Yeah. The name of the jeep is not really said in the chapter. I just happen to know that. Um, and I, I think that's it. Johnny, do you have any other questions for me on part one? <laughs> Let me see. Who was Styles' best friend? Scott. Scott. Good old Scotty. And we don't know where Scotty is. No, we don't know where Scotty is. Doesn't know. <laughs> we don't know. We do know that last time he saw him, he they were about. That's not what happened, Johnny. Get, get with the program. <laughs> he, was rem he was remembering being 14 and hanging out with Scott. He was remembering being 14 and hanging out with Scott. It's been 16 years, so 
he, the story did say that he was 30 years old at this time, full muscular man, surviving on his own. <laughs> Living on his own. Nice scar across his face. Nice oh, yeah, scar. we do learn he has a, a he was attacked. Uh -huh. So he has a burly scar on his face. Which probably only makes that that those lips look so much hotter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry, pervy Johnny stuck on no. <laughs> on his lips. I mean, that's the whole point we're here, right? Yeah. So we're just gonna rebrand our podcast and talk about those lips and cupid bows. <laughs> okay. Do you just want to jump in now, Jess? Yeah, let's go. The first part was so, it, I think it left us on a cliffhanger because he was knocked out. He was attacked by the mountain lion. Yeah. So when we left Styles, he was bleeding. He had twisted his ankle. And the black wolf that he saw from across the lake while he was fishing. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm assuming it's the same black wolf. Stopped the mountain lion. So now he's just kind of laying around. So let's go. Yeah, go. he had blacked out. So let's get back into this. Yeah, do it. Yeah, do it, do it, do it, do it. Styles knew pain before he knew any other sensation. His body felt heavy with weariness and discomfort, his head throbbing and neck tight as it all came rushing back. He squinted his eyes open, wincing at the glare of the evening sun coming in through the window, the burning, sinking orange light was like fire in his eyes and pain flared in the back of his head as they struggled to adjust but even as they did he caught sight of the shadow seated in the chair by the window <laughs> in his radio tower jerking upright adrenaline drove him beyond the otherwise incapacitating pain and across the bed he scrambled for where he usually kept his crossbow propped against the wall his head snapped up when he found it absent found the wolf. The man reclined in the chair, still as stone. He was silhouetted against the dying red sun, and so Styles could gauge nothing by his expression. He didn't have time to guess. He couldn't risk it. His eyes flicked to the side where his tools lay, an array of potential weapons. He lunged only to cry out in shock, shocked agony as his ankle twisted under him, limp and unable to take his weight. His body jerked like it was pierced with a jolt of electricity, and he slammed into a wall of solid muscle instead of the floor. He flew backwards, snarling, clawing with blunt human nails, kicking away from the werewolf with everything he had, even as the pain in his legs sang until his eyes streamed. So at this point, are we assuming, is it a man, is it in man form, or is it a, in werewolf form? He's in man form. Yeah. It's, it's a man that's growling at him. Man. The werewolf growled warningly, pinning him hard to the bed, one forearm braced against his chest, just high enough to worry Styles' throat, not high enough to damage it. Styles' legs were pinned by the weight of the muscle above him, heavy as stone even though he was far from the scrawny teenager that hadn't even been able to get off the bench in lacrosse. The werewolf growled another dark warning, freehand reaching out to grab for his assailing arms. <laughs> okay. Okay, now for the wolf's voice. <clears throat> Stop! The wolf snarled, pressing more firmly on his chest with his forearm, their faces scant itch inches apart. You're wounded. Lay still. Of all that strength above him, it was the sound of the wolf, the man's voice that threw Styles into stillness. He froze at the shock of the sound on the air, overwhelmed with the sound of another voice beside his own. After all this time, like a fish out of the water, he stared up at the creature wearing a human face, mouth gaping a little, chest heaving with breathless, resigned astonishment. Besieged? 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 Okay, chest heaving with breathless, besieged astonishment. After so long alone, it was re relieving yet terrifying to see sunlight after years of darkness. His head was spinning the longer he lay there, perhaps remnants of his hard collision into the tree or... Oh, yeah. So I would, if I was alone for that long, 
and I finally heard another human voice, I would think I was going crazy. Yeah, I think like it would just feel like I would start to question if it's real or not. Yeah, I would start to feel feel like it's question was real, and it would like overload my senses. It'd be like mm -hmm. overtly loud after so much silence. Yeah, so, I wouldn't know. I mean, your flight or fight instinct would kicked in, mm -hmm. uh, and I don't think he would know even what to do. And he, I wouldn't, you know. And he at this point he really can't. He could try to fight, but he really can't fly because he's being pinned to the bed by a gigantic man. <laughs> A man yeah. who I would not mind pinning me to a bed. Oh, absolutely not. But I, I love that he's being this wolf man is being described like heavy as stone. Yeah. I can imagine even like maybe a, never mind. We'll scratch that. <laughs> it's getting dirty. <laughs> well, no, I was going to say like even like a scrawny teenager, if it was a teenager attacking him just having another person after not having people for so long that would even feel like stone like yeah. i think your body would freeze up I, I and i'm sure other things feel like stone too but <laughs> there's a reason this podcast is explicit <laughs> i'm having a little trouble with the voices here too let's just assume like that he when i right now i'm he's using his werewolf voice because that's not the voice i wanted for him okay <laughs> I was going to ask if you, you'd be able to keep that up for the whole. I'm a smoker and that hurts my voice. And the, the <laughs> money part, you have to like, yeah, that voice too. Yeah. So do you want to revisit? It's just that last paragraph. You want to revisit the voice? No, no, no. I think You're I'm going to go for it. Yeah. I'm okay. just assuming that that's his werewolf voice. Cause he's okay. like doing like alpha command thing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Holy fuck. There was someone else here with him. For just a brief moment, the possibility of dying, the instinct to distrust this creature, it all fell away at the sheer relief of not being alone. Just for a moment, he lay still, his breath evening out, and the pain swelling up again steadily as the adrenaline faded. His leg filled with pulsing hot pain, his entire body ached, and, the, and fine lines of fire burned across his chest, just below the wolf's arm. The mountain lion, right. But as he lay there still, he realized he could still see the wolf man's face clearly now. He looked so human. He had defined cheekbones and a beard, hair as unkempt as his own, but jet black. Piercing eyes that could have been green, but looked almost amber, with the red light glaring in through the window. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Another pair of human-looking eyes were staring down at him, thick brows furrowed in what he thought might be concern. Nothing made sense. He felt like he was falling, but he was lying right there. He didn't even realize he was shaking until the wolf man jerked his head up, apparently lost for what to do. Hey, you're, are you okay? Styled gritted his teeth, if only to stifle the sound of distress, shocking, shock, okay, let me try that again. Styles gritted his teeth, if only to stifle the stress. Ah, I keep skipping words. No, that that sound of distress did, doesn't quite flow. I, I would be stressed, what I would say. But okay, again. Styles gritted his teeth, if only to stifle the sound of distressed shock swelling like bile in his throat. Werewolf, he growled with like an accusation. The already scowling expression furrowed into tight, restrained fury. His nostrils flared and his lips thinned. Species doesn't matter at the end of the world. The werewolf sneered. His voice, huh? Did you say I something? Say, no, I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. Oh, Johnny, you're hearing voices. <laughs> Johnny always hears voices. That's why Johnny has a therapist. <laughs> the werewolf sneered, his voice softer. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I have to take a moment. <laughs> Johnny likes to talk in third person. Yeah. <laughs> The werewolf sneered, his voice softer than Styles thought, even when insulted. He'd forgotten what words sounded like besides his own. His mind felt giddy in a way that had nothing to do with the impact with the trees and ground earlier. The years instilled suspicion. 
the survival instinct was still most prominent. He hadn't survived this long by dropping his guard so easily. And besides, species did matter when everything was their fault. Werewolves did this, tore his world to shreds. Styles felt every bottled up fear, every heartbroken moment of loss, loneliness, hatred, blame, everything he'd kept together and held back for fear that if he unleashed it upon himself, he would break entirely. It all spilled out overflowed like an eruption of magma, and he wreathed like a beast, both electrified and possessed. Get off me, the scream tore at his throat. He was shaking in earnest, slamming his fist, the flat of his palms into the werewolf's shoulders, cracking across his jaw over and over until his fears throbbed. Stop, the werewolf demanded, capturing his wrist and shaking him when he continued to struggle, despite the stretch a searing pain across his chest from the now weeping wounds. Stop! The last was a rumbling, vibrating alpha command, unmistakable even to someone like Styles who had only encountered them a few times. Jess. <laughs> it's, I don't even have words. It's just so good. <laughs> I think in his flight in, um, fight instinct is definitely trying to kick in. Yeah. Oh, he's injured. We know he can't do too much, but he's I'm sure dead. every I'm sure every like part of him wants to so badly knock this werewolf out and run as fast as he can anywhere. Despair choked him, but only served to make him struggle harder, adrenaline making him immune to pain. Don't fight me, the werewolf snapped. Let go of me, style spat in return, pulling with all his strength on the vice-like grip on his wrists that felt bruising with their unyielding strength now. The werewolf shook him once more. Then when Styles did not relent, he pressed right into his personal space, face perilously close, enough to tear Styles' face to shreds with his teeth. He roared, red eyes flashed, fangs bared, and Styles' entire body locked up, his human instincts reacting as they should to the debilitating weapon of an apex predator. Don't fight me, the werewolf snarled, again breathless, his body shaking with it. If I'd wanted to kill you, I'd have killed you at the lake or left you to the lion, not wasted all my energy hauling you up a ladder while trying to not to aggravate your wounds further or treating your wounds for that matter. I mean, that's valid, valid <laughs> point, sir. <laughs> he went through so much pain. He went through so much. <laughs> to save his life. Like, yeah, I could have killed you, but I passed you up. <laughs> I've been sitting here waiting for you to wake up. <laughs> Style swallowed, unable to stop his gaze from drifting over the werewolf's mouth. Words, so many words, human words, twisting easily around retreating fangs. He just barely choked back a historical laugh. Slowly, so painfully slowly, as if it were... He were frightened. Any sudden movement would spook Styles, as if Styles were the animal. The werewolf retreated back to the chair. This time, though, he remained leaning forward slightly, watching him with elbows resting on his thighs. Even though his entire body protested, felt like ground meat, Styles forced himself into an upright position, clasping his wounded chest, which he only then realized was bare except for bandages. His bandages from his first aid kit. He wanted to ask who this werewolf was, where he'd come from, why he'd saved Siles, where he'd learned to bandage human wounds, but the silence that filled his lungs was all-consuming. You, you should let me look at the claw marks, the wolf said, tone unreadable. You might have torn them open. I, I can smell the blood. Stiles' mind was spinning and not entirely from his collision with the floor earlier. He wrung his hands together to try to stop them from shaking, moistening his dry lips. He couldn't help the way his eyes darted from the man in the chair and the potential weapons on the tool shelf. Even with the clear display of unthreatening stillness, the unavoidable truth in his words. Tentatively, Stiles dragged his fingers lightly over the bandaged 
bandages wrapped around his torso. Yes, they were damp. He could see the stains bleeding through a little. Then the pain bloomed as vibrantly as the blood. He felt it, the pain in his chest burning the hottest, like acid across his flesh, but the rest of him was one prominent ink. He hissed, levering himself on the rickety bed. Post into an unsteady standing position, one that was limited to the pain that made him feel like feel a little more secure nonetheless. Un up was mobile, mobile was safe. He kept his face determinedly adverted from the wolf, focused on the shelf of well-worn books as he struggled to compose himself. Any show of weakness was a death sentence, surely. How did you find me, he asked, voice low, weary. He braced himself against the wall, even though nausea crawled up his throat as the pain swelling higher and higher. The wolf kept still, hands folded between his knees, but his watchful silence only served to give him the appearance of a pred predator in waiting. He seemed unaware of everything. He watched the way Styles braced himself on the shelf, put his back flat against the wall, watched the way his fingers twitched as if searching for something to, to defend himself. He saw every tale Styles had, smelled a few others he didn't know he had. Probably, if Styles hadn't seen for himself that there were worse things out there, he wouldn't have had a clue how a creature like that could be wiped out alongside humanity. So what do you think is going through our werewolf man's mind right now? He's probably exasperated right now. What do you mean? He saved this guy's life, and the guy wakes up and automatically assumes he's going to attack him. I mean, but he would also have to realize that this man, our friend Styles, is in this position because of others like him. Yeah. I mean, you would have to understand that yeah. that is just so scary. But then again... You don't know how they're going to react. Then again, Styles did just, like, rip open his wounds again after he fixed him up. Oh, I would be so annoyed. Like, why did I just waste my energy? <laughs> Where did the medical kit come from? Is this something that Styles just had in the radio tower? I know he was getting supplies. Yeah, it probably came from either the supplies that he went and got in the town, or uh, it is a radio tower in a forest, so it was probably like a ranger tower, and they had it there, because being a ranger in the forest can be kind of dangerous dangerous especially with like mountain lions yeah that makes sense but if anything styles would have made sure that he had that on him that makes sense yeah it talks about his dad teaching him about survival and having a first aid kit is like number one on the list this werewolf is probably happy that he found someone too yeah told my dad i was going to be recording and he is sending me messages now that's okay my husband just texted me and i thought i had my volume down but I didn't hear it. Okay, see. I tried, I grabbed it as fast as I could and held it away from the computer. Oh, I am, my dad just wanted to tell me he's at Lake Travis. Oh, well, in case he gets kidnapped, now you know where he's at. Uh, my dad is, anyone tries to kidnap him, he'd open a big can of wolf ass. <laughs> Good for him. Like I said, he was a, well, I never told you uh, that part. He was an no. army ranger, and he's pretty buff, even at 52 years old. <laughs> oh, nice. Good for him. Yeah. He works out and meditates, and I get my meditating from him and my love of classical rock. It's good to meditate. And listen to classic rock. And classic rock is <laughs> so good. Do you do it at the same time? Uh, no, I usually listen to Swedish folk music when I'm meditating, mm. which is how I knew so much free copyright so we could record our intro and outro. Awesome. <laughs> Let's get back to the story. We got off track. It's very easy to do. <laughs> I've been looking for my younger sister, the wolf said in that same inf inflectionless soft voice. Was that just part of the danger that something so powerful could lure, lure, I hate this word. I can't even say this word when I'm playing Pokemon Go. 
lure him in with a soft voice, like the petals of a flower that could snap shut around you the moment you got close. After all this time, the bloom was tempting, but he wasn't going to be caught. Caught, Or was he just... He was so confused. Still, the wolf, wolf's answer was unexpected and ma made Styles stare at him agape for a moment. Your sister? His own voice was hoarse from his screams, and he wondered if the way the wolf canted his head to the side was because of that or something else. We do have sisters, you know, the wolf returned deadpan, and brothers, parents, grandparents even, or we did, at least. The last was delivered with the same dryness, but Styles swore he saw something, be something behind the blank expression. The sun has set now, the world outside filled with that pinkish pre-dusk violet. How long had he been passed out? All day? With this wolf watching him and tending his wounds, he shook his head, unable to reconcile himself to the image. You didn't answer me. How did you find me? He demanded tersely. Would you just... <clears throat> that sounded weird. <laughs> Would you just sit down before you fall? Down, the wolf snapped. When Styles didn't comply, he rose to his feet. Styles jerked, already scrambling for something, anything, but before his hands could close around anything useful, the wolf's strong, unyielding fingers locked around his forearm. Pressing the handle of the shear Styles used for his makeshift greenhouse below into Styles' free hand. Styles' brow furrowed. The wolf said nothing. The wolf said nothing. Just jerked Styles to sit on the edge of the bed again. At the sharp motion, Styles raised the shears to the wolf's throat. Green eyes blazed, bearded chin lifted in defiance, as if daring him to press the edges into flesh. Styles swallowed, heart hammering. But as the moment stretched out and he still didn't move, as the wolf still didn't move to hurt him, he realized that initial explosion of hurt had faded almost out of existence. There had been humans who were as bad as the monsters that had exterminated them all. Surely that meant that there had been werewolves who were good. Surely it was possible this man was every bit as human as him. He just didn't. Eyes wide, Stiles glanced down to where strong fingers were wrapped around his forearm. He watched with stunned confusion as black tendrils crept along his skin and up the wolf's muscled arm, disappearing below the sleeve of his worn t-shirt. What are you doing, Stiles demanded, voice flat, fast with panic, even though the pain, the pain was being swallowed up by the wolf's touch. His eyes darted up to see the faint grimace on the beast's face. How are you doing that? Green eyes flashed with red, and for a moment, the grimace morphed into one of anguish, and then the wolf let go. He stepped back, staggering a little and shaking out his arm, dropping into the chair, hunched over, breathing labored. So he just healed him? No, he didn't heal him. He, like, used, like, this power werewolves have. They okay. show it a lot in Teen Wolf where they like take the pain away like he's not healed but he, it's like what do you call it absorbing the pain he's absorbing the pain like opiate i guess i was gonna say like a sponge well i'm trying to think of like what kind of medicine you would take to relieve the pain for a little uh, while yeah like vicodin or something okay it'll take away the pain for a little while but it'll be back but will the wolf Feel the pain as they're taking it away like, yeah do they take it into their own yeah they take the pain into themselves that like that's why he staggered back and fell into the chair okay styles tried in vain to moisten his dry lips can can all werewolves do that the wolf nodded as he gathered himself pushing upright in the chair with his hands on his dirty jeans blood splattered styles noticed wondering if that was his blood. If we're taught, the werewolf managed after a beat, it doesn't, doesn't usually take that much out of me. But I, he trailed off, though Styles thought his appearance spoke for himself. He was worn down, 
tired, dirty, probably hungry. There, there should be something in the fridge. You can eat vegetables at least, Stiles said, get, gesturing to the fridge that he still wasn't sure how he'd managed to keep going. The wolf glared at him and Stiles cleared his throat awkwardly. Uh, of course you eat. But yeah, there's enough wildlife here that you could probably hunt down a rabbit or I tend to fish. To be honest, hunting is something I avoid even now. Blood is not something I'm too good with. Sort of puts me off my food. I don't even really like fishing, but I guess. He trailed off when he realized he was rambling, so used to having to feel the silence all by himself. He's just like inviting, inviting him for dinner. Yeah. He's sexy. Stay a while. He's being hospitable. I mean, the guy. I still just, I guess I just don't know if I would, I don't know if I would be like inviting them, this person, to like, the stuff that I've worked hard to, to fend for myself. Mm -hmm. I mean, it hospitable or not, but I mean, I know he just healed them and took the pain away. Not healed them, took care of them, but. Yeah, and he did tell him he had to hunt for himself. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's true. You can have my vegetables, but the blood work is on you. <laughs> yeah. No. When the quiet stretched out between them, Styles moved to push up from the bed again. The wolf moved so quickly that Styles jerked in anticipation of attack, but he just made his way toward the fridge. He had to have been able to smell the vegetables, but hadn't taken any. He hadn't looted the place or left Styles for dead. Styles' eyes followed the wolf every move as he cut up some of the vegetables and berries. Now Styles looked. He thought he was favoring his shoulder as if they were as if he too were injured and he remembered the flash of black fur des descending on the brown hide of the mountain lion, remembered stabbing the wolf with the bolt. Stiles had fled from the black wolf, but he had defended Stiles, taken injury and patched him up just for what, out of human kindness? Ever since the world had been thrown into chaos, he'd seen less and less acts of humanity. Even the last humans he'd seen years ago had been ruined by greed and fear and spite. How ironic that the mo most human person he'd seen since he'd lost his dad was one of the things he'd blamed for everything. Hey, he called out, making the werewolf freeze and cutting up the cucumber. His head tilted, slowly turning to meet Stiles' gaze, but he did not speak. Stiles swallowed. He'd been out of contact with human humanity for too long. He didn't know how to read people anymore. He didn't remember how to talk without offending people or pissing them off. All he knew was this man wasn't going to hurt him, and that was the best offer of company or human contact Styles had in eight years, even if the man wasn't human. I don't want to keep calling you werewolf in my head, he said, unable to school his words. A dark brow lifted as if to say, really? Styles sighed when the werewolf didn't give him a hint. Your name, dude, what is it? At first, the werewolf just turned his attention back to the vegetables, separating them into two plates. Part of the spare kitchenware left behind by whoever had abandoned this radio tower years before Styles had ever come here. He set them on the little side table and pushed over to the bed so Styles didn't have to move and knelt beside it by his own portion. He didn't reply until Styles had brought a piece of carved tomato into his lip. Derek, he said, my name is Derek Hale. Woo! We got a Derek. We got a name. We got a Derek. <laughs> We've met tall, dark, and handsome. Yes, we have. With his cute little bunny teeth. <laughs> his bunny teeth. <laughs> Styles nodded as he chewed, remembering at the very least that talking with your mouth full was wrong. If nothing else, he felt as if he were stuck in a very peculiar dream. He wasn't entirely sure how they'd gotten here from that fight by the lake to sharing a meal. Wasn't that some sort of centuries-old display of trust? Of a truce? What choice did they have if they were the last two people in the world? Your mischief, Derek said before Styles could finish his mouthful. Styles blinked. I was looking for supplies in a town, probably 60 miles from here. I heard your broadcast on the radio in my car. 
Styles froze. Never in all his time here had he actually expected someone to hear his last desperate attempt to connect with humanity. It'd just been a desire for someone that didn't want to eat him to know that he was alive. (laughs) (laughs) I love that thought. Yeah. Didn't want to eat him. Even though he'd known there wasn't anyone listening, it'd all been a pipe dream. And yet his throat and chest felt unbearably tight. You heard me? Derek nodded, giving Styles an odd look before plucking up a piece of tomato and plopping it into his mouth. There was a moment of very personal pleasure, Styles thought, an intense appreciation that Derek looked almost euphoric. Styles knew that feeling after months of starving on rationed canned foods and man-made sugar snacks. He thought he'd almost had a dry orgasm after he harvested the first batch of vegetables from the greenhouse. I'm sorry. I mean, I know that feeling when I am hangry. That first bite is so good. <laughs> I, I know, like, after, like, I've had, I eat, like, nothing but, like, rice and chicken or rice and fish for, like, months at a time, and then my best friend will bring over a hamburger, and that first mm. bite of that hamburger. <laughs> I mean, I will diet for a whole day, <laughs> a whole hour, and the hour after I have normal food, it is orgasmic. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, they, Derek probably hasn't had anything substantial in a while. And Styles basically is just giving him fresh vegetables. I hope we hear about Derek's journey because it sounds like he's kind of been driving around. He was just in a town 60 miles away. So I hope we get some insight as to what the rest of the world is because I think it's been a while since Styles has actually left his area. He's just accepted there's nothing else out there how how did you manage to grow so many varieties of vegetables all year round Derek asked his tone betraying a little of awe and appreciation which made Styles duck his head unable to decide how to handle either I I don't know green fingers I guess my mom really loved her vegetable garden and I helped out plus I found a gardening book in my on my journey here I always knew if I managed to settle somewhere, I'd run out of old canned goods eventually. The lake and the seclusion here kept me safe for a while, and I just... He shrugged. I was tired of running, so I made some runs to the nearest town, probably that one you visited, actually, since I think that's the nearest, and my jeep died on the last run. But I managed to get all the supplies here to build the greenhouse and set this place up as best I could. Though Derek was obviously listening intently, nodding to show as much, he was chewing every bite with relish, and he didn't speak again until his plate was clear. It'd been a plate full of chopped vegetables, not even cooked, but it seemed like it was the best meal he had in a long time. Where did you leave your car, Stiles asked. Uh, about 20 miles back. The trees grew too close together to get through safely. Derek replied with a tinge of relief as if he wanted to talk, relished in the conversation almost as much as Styles did, but didn't know where to begin. He hadn't been a particularly loquacious man even before the world ended, Styles thought. He wondered if he would have driven Derek mad had they met before. So I guess you used my broadcast and then used your nose to find me, Styles ventured. Derek snorted. I went as deep as I could with the car. Then I just walked. I figured if you were set up, you'd you'd need fresh waters. I followed the streams, eventually came across your scent. Remembering the bolt again, Styles winced. I'm sorry about the whole stabbing thing. I panicked. But dude, you really should have, like, shifted back or something. I thought you were some rabid animal. Derek cocked his head slightly. You knew I was a werewolf. Styles' spine prickled. Well, yeah, I've seen werewolves before, on the news and on the road. Not for years, though. When Styles continued to stare at him, face unreadable, Styles huffed. Look, can you blame me for acting first and asking questions later? I didn't get this far by believing the best people. That part of me died a long time ago. Along with his dad, his one constant protector, who always put him first and cleaned up after his messes when he trusted the wrong people. Now he couldn't afford to make mistakes. 
Last time I met a supernatural, Styles gestured to the scar on the left side of his face. Styles scanned the mark. What was it? I don't know. It's a its face was made of bone. Derek was silent for a long time before d rising deliberately, slowly, and moved over the, to the sink. There was no running water, but there was a jug of water there, and the drain still worked. He cleaned, off, he cleaned the plates off, then covered them with a cloth, all in silence before he braced himself against the worktop, hanging his head slightly, just looking tired of everything, warier than Styles himself felt with the world. Not all wolves with the alpha pack, you know, Derek murmured. My family fought against them. Styles didn't know what to say to that. It'd been too long, so long since he had to think before he spoke. He felt adrift, cast out on a stormy ocean he couldn't navigate. I hadn't come across a sentient being in months. Then I heard your voice. Derek turned to face him carefully. I don't even know why I tried the radio. I just, I do it sometimes, just get in the car, poke the auto-tune. It's like a ritual, I guess, a pointless one, but no, I get it, Styles murmured, almost absently, because hadn't the radio been exactly the same for him, just a pointless act, part of the, his routine that gave him some flash of hope in the field of loneliness? What a little bit of fate, though. If Styles had decided that day he wasn't going to make that radio call announcement mm -hmm. call broadcast and Derek hadn't turned on the radio they never would have met no it's possible that Derek would have driven through the forest and like followed the stream and then sent it him but it's a very big long shot yeah he might not have even taken that route he would have gone yeah. could have gone a different direction so. yeah he probably just would have drove through the city and just kept going kept going yeah yeah so, but he, the, the radio made him decide to go through the forest. Right, because he heard, of, he heard about mischief. So, yes, Styles is called mischief in this story. Well, he called himself mischief. Yeah. Derek cocked his head slightly. Your name isn't really mischief, is it? Styles laughed, the sound a little hollow when he realized that even when there had been a world of people, only one man had known his real name. It seemed important somehow that someone else knew, especially if Derek was potentially the only other person he'd ever seen. No, it's McClin's Law. <laughs> Let's try that again. No, it's McClin's Law. Oh, I can't pronounce that name. Is that his name in the show? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, his, that's his name in the show. It's McClin's Law. I'm sorry, fellow Teen Wolf fans, I can't pronounce that name. <laughs> it fits really awkwardly into my mouth, but it is Polish. He couldn't help but laugh at the expression on Derek's face. He hadn't laughed in. Oh, it's a family name, my mom's father. Dad really looked up to him. Derek shifted uncomfortably. I'm sorry, he offered awkwardly. For what? The way you said, they died, right? Styles swallowed or tried to, at least because his throat was too dry and thick and tight all at once. He couldn't say it out loud. I lost my family in the riots. One of the last ones, Derek offered with all the willingness of a man walking the gallows. Our house was burned down. I escaped. And his face twisted and grimaced. My sister Cora wasn't at the house. She might be alive somewhere. He had to hope she was, Style thought. That hope kept him going. Only my parents could say my name, Style said wistfully, knowing that they were both on the same wavelength right then, waiting to share what they could for the fear this would be the last conversation they had with another sapient being. Not remembering quite how to talk to people, wanting to share and yet not wanting to at the same time, neither of them wanted to let the memories in. He kept his tone light as he could as he continued. Even I couldn't say it for the first, like, six years of my life. The closest I could get was mischief. So that, that's what my mom used to call me before she died. But my dad and everyone else called me Styles. 
Oh, so that's how he gets mischief. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. Oh, and so that, sweet. that's how he gets styles. If do, do we think styles is because I could see mischief. I'm not sure how to pronounce his Polish name. Mm -hmm. I could kind of see it in there, mischief. But where does Styles come from? Just the last name Stalinsky? I the beginning part of Stalinsky? I don't think they ever explain Styles in the show. Mm -hmm. I think they show it, they, they discuss his name Styles in the 1985 movie with Michael J. Fox. Mm -hmm. But the movie is so far removed from the TV show. The only thing that you compare the TV show to the 1985 movie is the main characters are Scott McCall and Style Stolinsky. I gotcha. Okay. That's the only similarities. So. I could but, see Styles coming from the last name. Yeah. Maybe it's because he thought he had style. <laughs> but I always thought. Like he was a, that he was a smartass and he thought he had style, so he became Styles. <laughs> <laughs> Derek straightened, eyes wide and searching him, as if suddenly he was seeing Styles in a new light. He stepped forward slowly as if stupefied, and Styles couldn't help but feel uneasy under his scrutiny. This is what he got for letting his guard down after all these years. His arse, his, his arse, I said his arse. arse. <laughs> his starvation of human contact, of conversation, had let him down in a pivotal moment, making him trust this guy, and now he was going to get his throat ripped out, and... Styles Stolinsky? Styles jerked as if shot in his chest. His aching body, although mostly drained of pain, gave a warm warning throb what how do you be because i know your dad stop derek frowned stopping then staring down at styles in hurt confusion knew i guess you said he died even as he spoke though he looked confused as if that didn't make sense yeah we were heading out up to a settlement in the Aurelia Lake District up north eight years ago when we were attacked. Derek's mouth parted slightly as if he were on the verge of speech, but was too stunned by words. I, I saw him just no more than six months ago. He's alive. Or was when I left. Oh my gosh, no freaking way. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so Styles' dad may be alive. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> you, you seem so excited by this. I am so excited for Styles. <laughs> to have lost everything and then to get this little piece of information that somebody that he loves may be alive. Yeah. Oh my gosh, how much hope would that give you? So much. I, I told you, Derek brings a spark of hope back into his life. <laughs> And sexiness. I mean, he brings sexiness into the life. <laughs> hey, is it like, uh, this is probably going to be kept in there, but is it just me or if I was alone for like two years, I would want to get naked and like do the dirty. Instantly. I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. oh, you're, you're cutting vegetables? Take your pants off. Come on. <laughs> Strip and cut. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... I am terrible. Like sex would probably be like one of the first things on my mind. Like, okay, I trust you. Let's have sex. <laughs> You've taken my pain. Now let me reward you. <laughs> Get naked. Let's go. I'm totally keeping that all in here. <laughs> <laughs> Styles had always thought it was one of those cheesy, unrealistic movie moments when someone faded, fainted from shock. But he felt lightheaded, starved of oxygen, and was sure he was heading that way. His chest was so tight he couldn't breathe. He gripped the blanket beneath him with weak, numb fingers and lurched forward despite knowing that it wouldn't help his wounded chest. His head hung limply and he stared, unseeing at the floor. Swirling dark and light spots spiraled before his eyes. He couldn't breathe. He couldn't. Styles, Derek said aloud, yet distant all at once. 
Who, who the fuck was this guy storming into his lonely little slow death and dropping this impossible hope on him? That unlikely dream because there was no way, just no way. What's his name? Styles demanded, voice low but rough through his clenched teeth. How dare he throwing such fucking blatant lies around like they were, like they didn't even matter. Do you think I'm putting enough inflection on the F word? <laughs> Yeah. Is that your favorite word? <laughs> no, I, I actually don't like saying that word, but I wanted him to sound pissed. Oh, I, that's my favorite word. I try, I try very hard not to cuss. I really do. Because I'm around children all the time. Oh, I have to remain professional for eight to nine, ten hours a day. So as soon as I'm off the clock, it's F everything. <laughs> I, I help at my church. I help my best friend with her sisters and like her youngest sister's like 11. So I try to keep my language clean. When I'm at home, it's a different story. I'm alone now. So saying the F word, saying fuck is not that big of a deal. But I really wanted Styles to sound pissed off here. Oh, I would be pissed off. I would, I mm -hmm. agree with his like his complete mood change right now. His, I, I wouldn't I, I, believe, I wouldn't believe this guy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that's, I don't know his first name. Everyone just call him, calls him Sheriff. Sheriff Styles repeated, voice almost lost on his tongue. Sheriff Stalinsky. Fuck, fuck, fuck. He, he runs the settlement up at Orilla Lake with Melissa McCall and Chris Argent. That's, that's where I'm from, where I've been. But our scouting party came across two survivors, and they mentioned seeing my younger sister, so I left to look for her. But it's, he's alive, Styles. Sheriff Stalinsky was alive when I saw him six months ago. So they mentioned Melissa McCall. Uh-huh. Who is she to, for Scott? Is that Scott's mom? Yes. Okay. You, you you just watched season one. You don't remember Melissa McCall? I have a three-year-old. I don't remember anything. <laughs> She's uh, Scott's mom. She works at the hospital. Okay. I'm really bad with names. I yeah. don't remember a lot of that stuff. Uh, I remember her face. She has the curly hair, works at the hospital. I, like one of my favorite seasons and uh, episodes in season one is like Styles like just walks into the house and she's like how did you get in here? The door was locked. He's like, oh yeah, I had a key made. She's like, of course you did. <laughs> yeah. I, I think one of my favorite, I, he crawls through the window in one of my favorites and she hears the noise and she goes to investigate in the room and has a bat and she goes, why wouldn't you use the front door? And he goes, well, it's locked. <laughs> <laughs> and like, she, he's like, do any of y'all even play baseball? Yeah, because she has the baseball bat, yeah. <laughs> Styles glared at him then, drawing in a sharp breath. At last, as fury pulsed through him. Liar! He snarled. You, you're lying! I saw burned bodies when I came to. So many bodies. I found his badge. He's dead. He's dead. Everyone is dead. I couldn't do the voice then. I'm sorry. That was emotional. It's okay. Styles' voice broke as a rough, hurt sob he felt down in his bones tore out of him. He blinked back tears and stared right at Derek, daring him to lie again. Derek didn't speak, didn't move for a long time. When he did, it was to pick up the box of matches on the bedside table and light the two candles in the room. There had been no light, no lamps when Styles had arrived, and he hadn't managed to find any with bulbs. Candles had been his only option. Styles wanted to protest. He had a good supply. They seemed to burn ridiculously, unrealistically slow, but he didn't want to run out. The working part of his brain that he required to say as much, though, seemed locked away somewhere behind the silent, angry, heartbroken tears. He wanted his dad. He wanted his dad. On well, a side note, I wonder if those candles are by Starcross Sundries. <laughs> These candles that I absolutely love. I just opened their strawberry ice cream and it smells like so euphoric. It's really great. And they have put like a little sculpture of a strawberry in there. 
How I, cute. I don't even want to like light it in fear of messing up that strawberry. <laughs> That's so cute. So uh, the creators of Star Cross Sundries are they they're created in Louisiana and Rin is such a sweetheart. They are great with customer service. They have so many great options. I will definitely be posting a link to their website and their Facebook on our Facebook page and our Instagram. If you're listening, just go check them out and I encourage you to buy a candle. So, because I, I light one of these candles every time we do an episode because it's relaxing to have, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Okay. Lowering himself onto the chair once more, Derek held Styles' gaze unwaveringly. I spent most of my time in the medical hall with Melissa McCall, he said, his soft voice gentle on the sharp silence and Styles' raging heartache. My abilities are useful to the sick and injured, but everyone in the settlement knows him. I know some things. I know he talks about you all the time. Whenever we have beef or pork from the livestock, he says you would have ripped him a new one for eating it. Styles could feel the tears streaming down his cheeks, feel his sinuses clog up and his eyes sting when he couldn't speak, couldn't do anything. Everything was different. The world he knew was gone for the second time in his life. It'd been a long time since he'd started thinking he was probably one of the last humans on earth. That out there, the only sentient beings were those that would devour him whole. He wasn't sure why he continued with the radio broadcast, continued to talk to nothingness. The only explanation was that there was a spark of hope in him that, wasn't, that he wasn't alone. The lonely safety Styles had built around the old radio tower in the middle of nowhere had been broken. For just one horrifying moment, Style wasn't sure if Derek was a harbinger of chaos or a hope at the end of the world. He, he's alive, Styles whispered, so quiet, so broken, not daring to hope because he knew if the hope was squashed, he would break into pieces and never be able to recover again. You, you spoke to him, he's alive. Just that morning, he thought he was about to die, ripped to shreds by a werewolf. Then that werewolf turned out to be a, this man, this person after years of solitude. Now this person was saying his dad, no, he shook his head. He's, he, he, he's not, he can't be. Not after all this time when Styles had thought he was alone. Even if you don't believe me, you can't stay here, Derek told him. It's not safe. There's activity in the area, and if I can find you, there are things a lot worse than me that can too. Styles dragged his hand through his hair across the back of his neck, not knowing what to do, how to cope, how to process. You, who the fuck are you? Styles demanded shakily. Jesus, you crash in here, and I don't know who you are. If you're telling me the truth, now you want me to leave here? Do you even know how hard it was to get this far? To make somewhere I could stay safe without... You don't know me, Derek agreed. But if I was lying, then it's stable here. There's food, water, and wildlife. If I were lying, it makes sense to stay. Derek seemed to consider Styles for a beat, then perhaps seeing something he felt connection with, because all of a sudden, Derek's face looked reluctantly, unbelievably soft in the candlelight, in the little light that still remained in the dusk outside. But if I'm not lying, Styles, he's alive. Styles didn't move for shock, and to his credit, Derek, who didn't know him at all, sat right there watching him, allowing him his silence. He didn't remember much of the hours that followed. It was like he was overcome with catatonia. Time had no meaning and everything around him went fuzzy and unfocused, far away. All he knew was that he came back to himself or perhaps awoke in the morning flat in his bed, a blanket covering him. Derek was asleep, slumped uncomfortably upright against the side of the bed on the floor. Styles's arm was hanging off the edge and he wondered if Derek had taken his, his pain away while he slept. 
because he didn't hurt as much as he should. He frowned, unsure if he was uncomfortable with that, unsure what the boundaries were, what was right. <clears throat> he didn't move for a long while, just staring out the window as the early morning light crept up beyond the trees below the tower. It filled the room with an ethereal gray hue as he contemplated the night before, the last few years, the day he lost his dad. He wondered if in a moment he'd wake and this had all been a dream, that Derek wasn't real at all, because it all just seemed a little too good to be true. He didn't move. He didn't dare move, lest he shatter it. His dad was alive. His dad was alive out there running a settlement of people, other people, and Derek. He was a werewolf, and he shattered every preconception Styles had ever had and cared for him when he was at his most vulnerable. It had been an Im useful impulse to distrust, distrust everything and everyone. But as he tilted his head slowly to the side, he saw Derek's disgruntled, clearly uncomfortable, yet exhausted outline. He thought he hadn't been left with much choice. Laying <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> like this, he couldn't, he could see the other window over the table where one of the candles Derek had lit last night stood. He watched as an owl stood, swooped past outside, probably searching for her last catch before the dawn broke and urged her into slumber. Stiles knew what monsters looked beyond the trees. He wasn't the naive kid who watched the world end on the television, thinking it'd never touch him. He wasn't a fool. He'd escaped monstrous humans. He'd fled nightmarish beasts. The man beside his bed was not one of them. The candles burned down completely before Derek awoke, used up more in one night than they ever did when Styles lit one. He wondered if Derek had lit them wrong. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great thought. <clears throat> oh my gosh. And this is just chapter one. Yeah. This is so much to unpack. Oh, it's so good. So my next questions are, uh -huh. the story is called Radio Tower. So are we going to stay at the Radio Tower for the remainder of the story? Is Styles going to make Derek take him back to, uh, what is the, the little community his dad is running called? Uh, it is on a lake, Aurelia Lake. I mean, Aurelia, yeah, Aurelia Lake. Yeah. So, and he knows there's other people there. Yeah. So I, I am wondering if he's going to make Derek take him back there. I, I would. I mean, if, but I mean, he has to come to, he has to trust that Derek isn't lying. I don't yeah. think he is, but, and he's been alone for so long. So. Yeah. Well, there wouldn't be much of a story if they stayed in the radio tower. Well, it would be a sexy story. It would be like just constant sex in the radio tower. Yeah, they haven't even gotten to that point yet. Like I said, this is a slow burn. I love a slow burn, but sometimes I just need a little bit. Sometimes this you're story, like, oh, it's, I'm sorry. Yeah, like I was saying earlier, if it was me, I'd be like, you're the first person I've seen in like two years. We need to ha get down and dirty right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, but this story is so good. I don't think I could go two years without sex. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Me neither. <sighs> Probably many lonely nights that Styles uh, spent with his hand. <laughs> Jill. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Did you just name his hand Jill? You haven't heard that before? <laughs> it's Jill. J-I-L-L. <laughs> No, I've never heard that before. <laughs> How are you enjoying the first chapter? Oh, it is. I don't even know what I was expecting when we went into this with it being a apocalyptic world and completely like alternate universe from Teen Wolf. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, not complete alternate universe. We still have our creatures, but it's, it's so well written. Yeah. Like I can feel 
everything that Styles is going through, Hyper Little Nori has used like the best descriptions yeah. for everything. She, she's really good at, at, at drawing you into the story. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm drawn in. I am very excited to see where chapter two takes us. Yeah. And we will, this episode will be aired on October 15th. Yeah, so by the time you're listening to this, this is October 15th. So chapter two will be released for October 22nd. Uh, no, uh, chapter two. Uh, okay, let's see. Episode two will be released October 8th. Episode three, October 15th. And then, yeah, chapter two. Yeah, you're right. The first of yeah. chapter two will be released. The first part. We'll and chapter two is being split into two. Yes, all of them are being split into two. Okay. So, the the chapters get longer the 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 farther we get into the book. I say book; it's fan fiction, but I refer no. to fan fictions as books because they're like Absolutely. novels. They are novels. <laughs> just as long as a novel. Yeah. So, but uh, I have worked really hard to try to separate the chapters by stopping point unfortunately stopping points are like sometimes like 19 pages long so some will be longer than others mm -hmm. uh, we will try to keep everything down to at least under two hours that is our yep. goal so yes it is but we still want to give you plenty of extra content with us commenting and making jokes about me saying fuck <laughs> <laughs> so and always we will give you warnings about explicit content before the chapter starts um i should have told warned y'all that there was harsh language but i kind of didn't think that harsh language was that big of a trigger but it can be i guess it can be yeah we are an explicit con content podcast though so yeah curse words are to be expected curse words Explicit sex scenes are yet to come, but they are there. Sexual innuendos. We just can't stop ourselves. Yeah, Johnny is, has a very dirty mind. Yeah. So, but Johnny likes to talk to himself in third person. <laughs> All uh, right, are we ready to wrap up? Yeah. All right, thank you guys so much for listening to The Ships of Chaos. We will see you next week. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on our journey today. We love any reviews, stars, downloads, and subscriptions. Thank you for listening to the Ships of Chaos. We will see you next Chaotic Thursday.